Hey everyone, I'm feeling better, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. On this week's episode, I had a chat with Sam Jennings of Little Green Lives, all about keeping arts and craft supplies low waste and package free. Sam has such a calm perspective on doing crafts with kids, and her blog post on the same topic is filled with resources for how to make your craft cupboard as zero waste as possible. If you haven't had the chance and would like to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, it's super straightforward and helps promote the podcast, so scroll down to the bottom of the podcast page and leave as many stars as you like. It's crafternoon time, which happens to be one of my favorite portmanteau words, so let's go. Hi, Sam. Hi. (laughs) Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your blog, Little Green Lives, and kind of how that started? Sure. So about about five years ago now, me and my family were living in Toronto, and uh, and we had quite a, an adventurous life even before we arrived in Toronto. And we worked with Doctors of Without Borders, me and my husband, for many years. Wow. And we we left uh, India and moved to Toronto, so kind of living a very um, sort of adventurous expatriate uh, life. We then became uh, we would move back to the city, and I was a stay-at-home mum with two at the time, two then three small children. So it was kind of my my journey my into parenthood in kind of a regular context. And then I just, uh, you know, being in the city, I just became very passionate about the environmental issues that were surrounding us. Um, we both have personal interests in uh, in nature and, and saving the planet. So it just kind of grew from there. So I thought, well, if, if me being a busy mum with two and three small children living in the city can take some steps to try to reduce waste and live a more sustainable life, then I'd like to share those with others. I so love that. It was just kind of really meant for my close family and friends. And then these things kind of grow. And it, as my passion grew, it grew. Three years after that, I had life transformed it yet again and uh, and now the blog's kind of changing its nature and kind of growing with it it's beautiful I really like it a lot so what does your current zero waste life or your low waste life kind of look like right now and do you prefer one term over the other yeah so back in the city in Toronto I kind of became aware of the at the time zero waste movement was kind of the cool phrase for it then yeah <laughs> and living in a city it felt very accessible that uh you know we had the bulk stores and uh, and it was kind of it was very manageable and I just got a bug for it really and the more small changes I made the more passionate about it I I became and I kind of got hooked so um but at the time it was living in the city so we had a small postage stamp backyard but I did have the accessibility to all of the city resources Mm -hmm. so it became kind of a passion for me but our life then changed we moved from the city and we moved to our dream house and property um, outside of Portland on a 10 acre homestead so this was always the dream um I wanted to raise my kids outside I wanted them to live close to the land to raise animals to grow all the food that we wanted to eat so that all came true about two and a half years ago and it seemed like a logical progression so rather than going to the bulk stores and taking my cloth produce bags to the supermarket I wanted to take it to the next level which is to grow our own food and create a sort of self-sustaining ecosystem where we have goats and, and chickens and we grow our own vegetables and we compost and um and we're very rural now so we have less access to all of the cool trendy bulk stores but we make it work on a more long-term sustainable basis so it's less about the kind of low waste 
uh, aesthetic and more about a complete lifestyle transformation now and how we can do that. And we've since had another baby. So I have four young children. We live very rurally on a 10-acre homestead. And it's about how we live our lives. So how do we how do we eat? How do we do crafts? How do we travel and make it work for us? That so. is so awesome. And I love that there, there are levels to uh, this low-waste experience, this journey to save the planet. There are so many yeah, different levels to it. Exactly to everybody yes. you know I think that's the you know you start by taking small steps and for me I take took a few small steps and and uh, and I just became hooked and, and I took bigger steps and then I wanted the, the whole thing but you know everybody it's accessible to everybody you can take very small steps into taking your own coffee cup to the coffee shop and your own cloth bags to the grocery store mm. and and if that's what you can do in your life and your capacity then that's still great and you still need to feel a sense of pride and, and achievement with that and then you know and even those small steps you can influence people around you and then they take small steps so everybody should feel like they can be involved in it it's not just for the stay-at-home mums or those who have got more money or means or live in a city or live close to a bulk store everybody can do something to reduce the waste in their lives yes yes you just yeah pep talk this is so good everyone could do something and they should do something and whether that means having your own farm or if it means just teaching the next generation the importance of valuing nature and having this kind of care for the planet it's all important this is so good it's all important and uh and yeah I really you know from my from my experience in the city that kind of made me have the strong desire to change our life completely so to live really close to the land and I and I thank my first kind of baby steps into this low waste movement as transforming our lives really and um and yeah I feel forever grateful for that absolutely absolutely I love that So I wanted to talk today about taking a low-waste approach to arts and crafts and craft supplies with kids, especially, but also in um, maybe in the context of schools and and that sort of thing beyond just our own home. But to start with, I read one of your blog posts from, I guess, like a couple of years ago, 2017, about zero-waste arts and craft supplies for kids, and I would love to talk with you about that today because that really seemed so attainable for people. Yeah, it was actually because that was one of the last steps that I took, you know, all of our our food and our groceries came into our lives eventually package free but I had this arts and crafts supply which was anything but low waste at the time because yeah. you inherit things when you're oh, a mom absolutely. gifting you things and and at the time you know when I was harboring all of these resources because we're a very creative and artistic family but it was kind of like my dirty little secret like I'm zero waste in all aspects but look at this art cupboard that I have because there is things that are in plastic and then I kind of looked at those items and knew that I wasn't going to get rid of them and just throw them all in the garbage because oh, yeah. that completely defeats the object of sustainability. Mm-hmm. But it's when I use these items up, what am I how what am I going to replace them with? And what are alternatives that are available to us? So yeah, I mean we moved house and we've had lots of children and we've we've um, been very creative and, and slowly these items did get used up. So then I was very motivated to research what you know what items can I bring into this so we reduce the plastic packaging and we reduce the the microplastics that are going to be getting out into the the water systems so yeah it kind of took a lot of research a lot of going around different art supplies but really and being guided by by my children and again being guided by nature I always found that the things my kids loved the most was going outside on hikes and collecting things and they would make art out of what they collected stones and feathers and 
flowers and and being guided by nature of how how we can do this you to still enjoy art but not have all of the the packaging and those consequences that mm. are going to be in the in the environment forever yeah oh my gosh and i love as we move towards our goal of lower waste and a greater respect for nature we are drawing our inspira- inspiration from nature constantly and so i think that that's really valuable and i'm sure we will talk about lots of ways that we can use nature in our arts and craft supplies but what are some reasons that art is really important for kids why even talk about this kind of topic oh there's so there's so many ways I mean I see how uh, how it's improved my kids fine motor skills so Mm. all of the different resources they have you know the different textures the different brushes and pencils requires different skills so you know I see my two-year-old and my eight-year-old and and how I think having a lot of artistic and creativity in our lives has really improved that when it comes on to to writing Mm -hmm. but kids just love it they they feel good when they're creating so it really boosts their confidence and self-esteem and it's something they can you know they can express their emotions their their happiness their sadness whatever's going on in them and they can put it into a into a picture or into a creation so it just helps them express their emotions and kids just love to experiment they love to have you know they've got vivid imaginations they they love to put different colors together and textures together and what will that feel like and look like so it kind of just it goes with the natural process of being a yeah creative and in using imaginations but um but also you know to study art it's it's learning about the world and the culture you know we had four children in four different countries and me and my husband have traveled all of our lives so appreciating art and learning about different cultures and uh, and different countries around the world through art has been a great thing for our family as well but I think um just for them to show their self-expression you know every one of my four kids is artistic in different ways and gets pleasure from it in different ways but giving them the freedom so trying to not go into an art project with right this is what I want you to do and this is the goal but just letting them be be free and uh, and giving them the resources and multiple resources and just seeing what happens and enjoying the process and watching them enjoy the process yes oh all of that is so wonderful and it's and it's totally applicable for adults too because we all should be creating things because whether it's with art supplies or on any other kind of medium creating things and being creative is so valuable for humanity and I think it makes us empathetic and uh, expressive and emotive and that uh, is also helping us in our fight to bring uh, an end to climate change because if we aren't aware of ourselves and our needs as a human population then I think that you know we're we're missing a lot of the the point of trying to save the planet so Yeah, yeah absolutely so we're talking a lot about just exploring and being creative. It's nice to also enter into arts and crafts time without a specific project in mind and having that creative free play like you were talking about with a variety of materials. What can people do to have a collection of basic craft supplies that are not just pom-poms and pipe cleaners. Once all of the pom-poms and pipe cleaners and bottles of Elmer's glue and different things like that have been used up, what are we going to start replacing our craft supplies with? Well, I'd say we've got our core staples. Now, I've as a busy homeschooling mom of four, I've kind of wrestled with the idea, and I've read lots about it, you know, that you should have a station sort of set up in your home or a table, that these, these resources are kind of accessible at all times, you know, so when the moment comes and your kids 
it's just a drawn to do you know express themselves creatively they can go to somewhere and they can do it so I, I've kind of gone backwards and forwards of having a, a set craft area where they can just go yeah. to and and other times having all of our resources but having them sort of away and we bring them out at certain times mm-hmm. uh, when when we're when we're doing things um we always have our homeschooling table which has always got crayons and chalk and um and paint uh yeah paints and papers and things like all of those core items are out sort of all of the time I think they're the less the less messy of the items and also things that if my two-year-old gets into is not going to kind of wreak havoc everywhere (laughs) and then um for more special occasions or when we're working on a, a group activity or when we do our homeschool group there's other things so um we use you know wooden lollipop sticks again all the different natural resources some of the loose loose materials we've got wooden beads normally we just go out with our little baskets and we go out into the garden and the forest and collect whatever natural resources we can find um we use lots of natural fibers so wool and um jute and yarn and and those kind of things to bring Mm -hmm. different things together but yeah just i mean coloring pencils um we use a lot of clay so just going to the, the art store and buying a big box of natural clay which you can just use and reuse as many times as you want we use you know we make a new batch of play-doh every every week and my kids you know from age two to eight still love play-doh and using it in many different forms for play and for for homeschool and different things so um I guess depending on your own personal thresholds with mess um (laughs) and I've personally found you can't have everything out all the time or my house would be chaotic and I'd uh, lose my mind trying to keep up on everything (laughs) but you know what are you comfortable with and um, I have an area where there's certain resources available at all times and then others that are maybe you know there needs to be a bit more control over it and it needs to be managed in a, in a different way in some ways so it's not chaos you know um, <laughs> yeah I know yeah. I know about chaos oh, because with, four small children can week you know and yeah. we're normally crafting when we've got friends around that can that can end uh, yeah that can be a process very fast well you so. said you have paint out is that have you found a low waste alternative for I mean maybe it's already been around for generations and I'm just unfamiliar with it but what do you do for paint so um, for my younger small kids, I've managed to go to our local art art stores and you can actually buy like block paints. And I remember this when I was a child. So oh, they're big, packs. heavy, durable paints that you can just buy bulk. There's no packaging. You just right. get your different colors. You can put them on a plate. So my younger children are great with that. I found finding watery watercolors more challenging to buy plastic free and packaging free. Mm. Um, and my older children love to do nature journaling. So they want more fine work and a different kind of color repertoire than the primary colors you know so Mm -hmm. it's been a real challenge to find watercolor paints but I'm happy for the watercolors to be out the the older ones are more responsible and they can work on their nature journals as and when but yeah the younger ones um do need a bit of extra help in the summer generally we kind of like to do these things outside but we've made lots of paint from different natural um natural things and the kids enjoy the actual process of making the paint as much as using these materials so you know using natural colors so beetroot and and carrots and spinach and blueberries to to color our own sort of basic paints so that's kind of a a really fun sensory experience and they get to make it and then play with it and enjoy it Um, but I say just go to local craft stores and see what they have available on bulk um, without packaging and um and be kind to yourself if there's something that your child really wants and, and it's one small component in, in your entire art collection that you cannot find packaging free then 
then that's okay. You know, I think yeah. doing your best, doing your research and doing your best is, is great, but give yourself some grace. And if there's something that you really feel is going to be a, make a valuable contribution and it's not a found package free, then, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's for us, the watercolor paints, just because we loved a nature journal is um, kind of the thing, uh, uh, one thing that we have yet to find really good water paints packaging free so yeah that's so good to remind us too that there's a compromise that that you're allowed to have a balance it doesn't have to be all or nothing you don't have to especially when it's you're asking kids to be creative and you want them to express themselves and they think that the best way to express one thing that they would like to do is with a particular material and you're like no you can't have that yeah. and you can't express yourself because um, it comes in plastic I mean, we have we have certain <laughs> limits like for example glitter and sequins right, and all yeah. of that they that's just a no-go they don't they don't enter our house and we don't use those no matter <laughs> no matter what and the kids are kind of that's cool they we it's don't the prettiest we don't microplastics there, you know? ever yeah but I think definitely being kind on yourself you know and if making homemade glue is just not your thing then give yourself the grace to buy a, a big a big bottle of glue which yeah. will last you for years which will you'll look after and then you can reuse the container in a different purpose and and that's okay don't don't you know because things aren't available in, t- in entirety uh plastic free don't let that be an obstacle to your creativity you know you try your best you do your research you you can make as many of these resources as you can with with very simple homemade products that are all available from supermarkets or bulk stores yeah. but be good you know be kind to yourself if there's a few things you need to buy and that's going to be work for you then that then that's okay a very balanced approach to it yeah do you have so you mentioned a couple of things that you've tried making on your own and with the kids so um paint was one of them but glue as well do you have a glue that that you've experimented with that doesn't uh, require things like flour or any other kind of food you know I've just done a lot of research and everything seems to have at least one food-based ingredient so whether it's flour or cornstarch or vinegar or glycerin Mm. there always seems to be one of those components Um, and otherwise if they're not using the food base then you're getting into a more chemical base and then I kind of worry about toxicity especially for my two-year-old who you know eats things and eats paintbrushes (laughs) so um, it is a bit of a challenge I found that personally with glue so yeah we we use very simple ones of flour water sugar and vinegar we add a bit of glycerin depending on what we're working on but yeah I think if you leave that but I I haven't come across anything personally if you leave that sphere that's not going to have worries for you in the toxicity kind of realm exactly yeah and that that question just comes from a listener and they were building some sort of packaging for a product that they make and wanting it to be as low waste as possible they've run out of glue and so they're using up you know tape that they're they're, they have on hand but you know once that's gone they yeah yeah. you know they do make tape now which is compostable so you know paper paper tape tape. they do some sort of adhesive I'm not exactly sure what that adhesive must be made of but you can buy um yeah compostable paper tapes and things these days yeah yeah cool awesome um, oh, and I was thinking too, I have a set of watercolor pencils. Have you seen those anywhere? Yeah, we use those a lot. Yeah, yeah. especially for traveling or if we're taking them into the forest. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they are good. Um, I think they don't completely replace um, paints. I think there's just a different kind of medium and sometimes... Mm-hmm. Um, my kids just love the paints, the paints more. But no, watercolor paints are a great compromise yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, 
and colouring pencils, you know, you can even buy colouring pencils now that don't have the kind of the wood surround. They're in an entire block of just pencil. So That's there is cool. no waste, you know, the entirety of it, 100% of the product you buy, you're using. And certainly our local craft stores, all the colouring pencils, crayons, chalks, we can buy all of those package free. So, um, but I think when you're looking to buy different products, there's lots of different things that you need to think about. You know, how long is the product going to last? Is nice. this like a one-time investment, you know, that you're going to use for the next 10 years? So you want to buy a better quality product and what packaging do things come through? Is there any health concerns and toxicity you know concerns about the product mm -hmm. and then I think I came to the conclusion that you've got three main options that either you make your own out of all the sort of simple basic ingredients that I that I use and that are very easily accessible mm -hmm. um, you know that's not for everybody making your own homemade paint and glue is maybe something I can do as a stay-at-home mom because I have a different different schedule but if, if your schedule is different you know obviously going to your going to local stores um, going to craft and art stores and buying items in bulk is a great way to reduce all of the, mm -hmm. the packaging that most arts and materials do come with so you know um to consider that or uh or to call you know go online and order some of the really conscious um, earth conscious products from different companies and there's so many out there now that make you know um low packaging very naturally based ingredients to products so you've got all those three options yeah make your own go to local art stores and see what you can buy locally or then go online and and buy specific items obviously being aware of of green washing and not wanting to invest you know too much financially but then right, also thinking yeah. about well where are these materials coming from you know if they're being trans transported across from china then um then the carbon footprint of the items you buy is also going to have an impact, you know? So there's lots of different things to consider, but you just got to make an yeah. informed decision about what you want based on your time, energy and financial resources, because, you know, these earth friendly green products are, are great and are very quick, but they come at quite a cost. And actually for our family, they're prohibitively expensive. So we choose the more natural based and, and homemade products. Mm -hmm. Do you have a list of brands that you really like that you would recommend for that third option if somebody was interested in purchasing from to avoid the greenwashing? Yeah, so there's Green Kid Crafts, there's Eco Kids USA, um, Colors of Nature, and then Natural Earth Paint and Natural, um, they make face paints, but paints and crayons and all of the things. So they're four that I've looked into, and I think generally is a good ethos behind the company as well as the product being a legitimate product, which is helping to, you know, lower the impact on the environment. So mm -hmm. yeah, Green Kids Crafts, Eco Kids USA, Colors of Nature, and then earth paint this is so good i'm i'm getting so much from this i'll definitely link your blog post about all of these uh arts and crafts ideas and making them low waste in our show notes so people can access that okay. and your blog i'm gonna probably go on i started it last night actually but i'm gonna revamp my whole uh, blog post sure. just because you know i did write it three years ago learned so much more by Amazing. then and i've got yeah. so many different ideas and images i started the revamp of it so i'm gonna finish that in the next oh, couple that's of awesome. days so that's if you so do great. link to it it will be the revamped the february 2020 edition so, great okay that's yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> thank you yeah. List. so yeah i think one, one thing that's very close to my heart is that um you know it's one thing to do things in your own home but it can be really empowering and really um 
important to be an advocate for these issues as well. So if your kiddies do go to preschools and, and at school, to try to talk to teachers and try to talk to the schools about the materials that they're using. Amazing, you know, um, yeah. you know, as being a mum, you know, when your kid comes home and uh, with three sheets of paper that are dripping in glitter, it like breaks my heart, you know. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's, and, but going to those teachers and, and in a very car, you know, very polite, humble way, just trying to inform people about about microplastics and, and alternatives of things they can use. And and I found, you know, the schools and the teachers that we've used to be very receptive when she, you know, you discuss these things. So be an advocate, talk to teachers and, and talk to your friends and organize a, a low waste, you know, arts and craft play date so other parents can see how you can do things yes. and how it can be simple and how it can be inexpensive. And you just you just don't know how your, you know, how those things will inspire others. So be be a voice, be a voice for it and be an advocate. What a great idea for a workshop too, if people are looking for ways to start taking it to the next level and reaching out into your community. There are so many different yeah. avenues that people may not even consider um, in yeah. in their zero waste journey in order to, you know, go beyond the grocery bag and go beyond the travel mug. How do you take it to the next level in your own home and bringing that, yeah, being an advocate, bringing that information to other people through workshops or even through these play dates. You actually yeah. are part of a homeschool group. Are you part of hosting any sort of low waste craft groups within that? Yeah. So I, I looked in my local area and I just couldn't find a group that I really wanted to attend with my four young children that was kind of in line with our family's philosophy of a low waste lifestyle. So mm -hmm. I decided to host a group. Amazing. So every Friday now we have, you know, between six and 10 families come to my home and each week we pick a nature inspired or environmental theme and we plan activities and we, we go for a hike and we enjoy homemade snacks and we do circle time. But, um, but we ensure that all of the arts and crafts that we do, everything has to be compostable. So when the, the children take home their items and they've, you know, served their time, they can go into the compost and, and everybody feels good with that. That's so, um, me. And I the same that. with the snacks that I kind of have insisted to families that nobody brings in prepackaged snacks. That yes. everybody can bring something from home, whether it's just, you know, fruit or they can make a homemade popcorn or or cookies or whatever they want yeah. um but I kind of really said that that was important that we you know and and everybody's fully embraced this so everybody's felt inspired I'm amazed each week at the different homemade goodies that people bring and often yeah. we, we cook and bake together but the arts and crafts nobody has felt like oh well you know there's not very there's not as many options because we're not we've excluded certain materials mm. everybody's really enjoyed what we've done and felt inspired hopefully so I think if there's nothing that's in your area or in your circle that's in line with you then then be inspired to host something you know um and and it's a great way to connect with people in the community great way to meet like-minded people and just to inspire others that's so wonderful and just thrills me I just want my son he's one and I want him to to grow up with that kind of with access to that kind of thing and so maybe that's a matter of me uh starting it in Peterborough or yeah. finding other like-minded people doing the exact same thing yeah when when my other my elder children were young and we lived in Toronto I started up two groups so one was a child was three at the time or one was one there was nothing that I could find so yeah. I just started each week I invited like 10 three-year-olds and on a Thursday 10 one-year-olds and we just did lots of sensory activities um and even now at the the weekly group I host on a Friday there's lots of younger siblings so we always have a homemade play-doh station and we normally do a sensory bin but again they're all compostable items mm. so um 
one week we did coffee grounds. So I actually collect lots of uh, coffee grounds from all the local coffee shops close to us, which I use in my compost and on my garden. So just filling a big bin full of coffee grounds. The kids had an amazing time just digging animals. (laughs) And then when it's all done, you pick it up and you just put it in the garden. You know, it's done. It's so good. um, (laughs) You know, another week we just did bird seed. And I think we did black sunflower seed. So again, once it's all done, we just all had fun sprinkling on the yard and then watching all the birds come. So, um, yeah, so there's so many different sensory activities that you can do that, again, are going to be very easy and very safe for young children. But there's zero environmental impact afterwards. You can just toss them out to the ground. They can go back to the earth or be eaten by an animal and uh, and it's done. So, yeah, even for one-year-olds, there's so many different possibilities. What a magical world that sounds like. <laughs> I want to live in this world. <laughs> it can be crazy. Like, luckily now, we've, we've been very fortunate that the weather's just been okay so we can do these sensory bins yes. inside. Like, 10 yeah. one-year-olds tearing through um, <laughs> a box of used coffee grounds can be disastrous in, in your home. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't know. I try to be very relaxed in, you know, and just let children, you know, there have to be some limits and some boundaries, but try to let let the atmosphere be relaxed so kids can do what they want to do. Yeah. And when you're outside with these resources, everything goes. So it's really fun to watch them explore and enjoy that. That's so wonderful and inspiring. Is there anyone inspiring you in the low waste community that you want other people to hear about and uh, kind of spread the love in this kind of online community or in person um, when I first started I got a bit obsessed with the zero waste movement and and I just loved all that aesthetic of mason jars and everybody's matching mason jars and cloth bags (laughs) and um and then I've kind of gone full circle in the last sort of year or so that of course zero waste is is very important but I think a lot of people got very preoccupied with the aesthetic of what what that meant and actually you know it kind of it took away what what the big issues really are, you know, yeah. about we don't want to consume. So it's not just about buying all ethical all clothes. Actually, let's just stop buying clothes or let's use clothes. So mm-hmm. I think the low waste movement got a little bit distracted over the last couple of years. And, um, and obviously now we're homesteading and we're living on the land and my daily life is more reusing and repurposing. I've not moved away from the low waste thing, but it's kind of now it's ingrained in everything that we do because it's our life as opposed to more of the aesthetic and the and the kind of the cool and trendiness of the low waste movement you know um I feel blessed that we live close to Portland so there's amazing resources you know the first completely entire low waste zero waste grocery store is is soon to open in Portland and that's very exciting Wow. You know, we live 35 minutes from Bob's Red Mill, the factory Bob's Red Mill. So you can go and I buy everything in 40 or 50 pound sacks of all my flowers and my grains and my wow. chickpeas. So I can buy them in paper sacks. So I can buy big because we don't want to travel every week because we live very rurally. And then all those paper sacks can be composted. Yeah. So, you know, you're the available it really does depend on where you live. But I think um, lots of people would be surprised at the different resources they have once they can can look around them and and see what's available what about in the homesteading community is there anybody that is kind of either visually inspiring you or inspiring you online um or in person nowadays in the homesteading realm gosh there's so many i mean (laughs) um it's been social media is kind of a it's been a really amazing way to connect with so many different people around the world who are doing you know similar ideas and passions um and yeah, I've connected with so many different people that I just our paths would never have crossed in real life. I know. Just, 
think of, of all those people that I that I love. Um, you know, all my best friends here now are, are all homesteaders and they're all farmers. That's you so know, and fun. I think of my city, my city life, you know, a few years back and what we did. And now Saturday night is we, you know, is birth, um, supporting each other when p- other people's goats are having babies you know, <laughs> and sitting around a table planning uh, our seeds and our crop rotations and all oh, this. So life has like gosh. changed full scale. <laughs> Um, but I finally, you know, it's been a journey and I'm finally really, yeah, connecting with, with people that I, you know, a few years back would have had nothing in common with, but now mm-hmm. I've found my tribe, you know, That's I found great. my people and, um, and I'm learning lots of ways from, from people who have led this very low waste, sustainable life for their entire life. Right. You know, it's not a lifestyle choice. It's, it's out of need, either because they live off grid or their livelihoods, you know, are built upon their land and their animals and their, their products and they eat straight from the straight from the garden. So oh, I've learned it, so yeah. much from this rich community around me of people who are who are doing it because it's their everyday life as opposed to a conscious decision to reduce their waste. So, so amazing yeah i feel looking like forward to that level my tribe. yeah where can people go online to learn more about your blog and follow you anywhere so my blog is called little green lives and instagram is the same and facebook is the same as well so um Again, I, I love it. I love to share the ideas that we have. But um, in reality, our life is very busy. So I can't write as many blog posts as I would love. And I don't manage to share on social media as often as I would like, because <laughs> the reality is we're pretty caught up in our lives, you know, and, and it, can be a very distra- <laughs> it can be a very time consuming, distracting thing, yeah. being so connected with social media and actually, you know, moving to the country and moving rurally, we made a very you know, we made a decision that we really wanted a different pace of life. You know, we wanted to enjoy more and live a simpler existence and take, you know, pleasure from simple things. So mm-hmm. I'm not always as active on those channels as I wish I could be or I should be or maybe whatever, but I have enjoyed it because I've connected with so many amazing people. And I, I do endeavor as, as life's getting easier, as the children are getting a bit a bit older and we're making progress with our homestead to commit more to it. But yeah blog and facebook and instagram is all little green lives amazing thank you so much for talking with me today and for being on the podcast and sharing all about zero waste arts and crafts and so much more that was so awesome you're so welcome thank you thanks again for listening everyone if you want to learn more from sam you can go to her website littlegreenlives.com or find her on instagram at littlegreenlives if you enjoyed today's episode i think you'd really like my conversation with my friend valentina all about self-sufficiency as well as episode 35 living smaller with allison from 600 square feet and a baby you can find those and many more in our archive wherever you get your podcasts and if you have any ideas advice or questions related to arts and craft supplies maybe in the classroom or in a summer camp setting or in an after-school program or a PA day camp I would love to hear about them send an email to practically zero waste at gmail.com or tag me on what you're doing on instagram at practically zero waste pod and the sun is shining here in Peterborough which means I can't wait for springtime I can feel it in the air so get outside and soak up some vitamin d hear the birds singing for joy have a great week everyone and talk to you soon